Now on that same day, when Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us. Because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread. He blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Christ is risen. Good, you remembered it. (laughs) We celebrated last Sunday, Easter Sunday. I've just been waiting to say that. And I'm so glad you responded with, he is risen indeed, because indeed he is risen. And we had a great Sunday last week with bells and brass and an Easter choir. And there was, you know, with the accompaniment with a band, and there was even 
clapping here in church, in the Lutheran church. And I think people were looking around going, am I in the right church? Is this the right place? And we celebrated with a a wonderful Easter message heard again. But you know, Easter isn't just one day. And as Pastor Shervin reminded us as we began today, we have a whole Easter season to go, and the party is just getting started. So this morning, we are reminded of that as we now hear the continuation of the Easter message. And we hear this story that begins following the morning of Easter. When two disciples, Cleopas and the unnamed companion, after hearing the woman's testimony of finding the tomb empty and hearing a report that there were angels that said Jesus was risen from the dead, they thought that it must be just an idle tale told by some women. There seemed nothing left to do but pack up and go back home. Dejected, sorrowful, maybe even a bit remorseful, after following Jesus for three years, it was just time to go home. Hopes dashed and burdened with grief, they traveled together the seven long miles back to Emmaus because what else was there to do? While on their way, they are suddenly accompanied by a stranger who asks them, why the sad faces? And they're shocked that this stranger doesn't seem to know what's happened these past few days, doesn't know about what happened to Jesus, the arrest, the crucifixion, and all of this. Are you the only person around who doesn't know about these things? Cleopas asks. What irony. Because it is Jesus. It is exactly the person who knows what's really going on. But for now, that's kept secret. It's hidden from these two disciples. And as they continue to walk and talk, Jesus reveals through scriptures all of the prophecies about the Messiah, including the crucifixion and promise of resurrection. But their eyes are closed, and they don't know it's Jesus. They don't yet recognize him. It's not until they persuade him to stay with them, and he breaks bread and blesses it, something he did in that upper room at the Last Supper, that their eyes are opened and they recognize him. It is Jesus. He was with us the whole time. And then he vanishes from their sight. And they say to one another, didn't we feel it as he opened the scriptures to us? Weren't our hearts burning within us. This is the moment when the resurrection becomes real for these two. Their eyes are opened and they see the risen Christ. And with this revelation comes some newfound hope and energy and they do an about face and they make the long track back to tell their fellow disciples in Jerusalem the good news. And that would make for a little more than a half marathon 
about 14 miles. And my guess is they sprinted all the way back. Well, what about what I love about this story? Every time I read it, something new strikes me. And this time as I was reading it, it was their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And that made all the difference. So what is it that keeps us from recognizing Jesus? Could it be sometimes that it's, maybe it's sorrow and grief, like the disciples, that sorrow and grief that might keep us from recognizing that he's with us? Or perhaps when we become overwhelmed with what life brings, and we can't see beyond our own concerns in this life. Or perhaps it's distractions and busyness of life that keep us from seeing the risen Christ who is journeying with us as a companion. Jesus is our constant companion, always present, always there to walk with us, to accompany us. However, it does seem that there are times in our lives when Jesus can seem very distant and almost absent. I like this picture of the road to Emmaus. It's one that Pastor Shervin shared at the women's retreat. And I like it because you see the two walking along together as companions. But then I don't know if, if you can see it on this screen, but I can see it in the back there pretty well. But you can see kind of an outline of a figure which is representing Jesus, the constant presence. But we may not always realize it or see him. And Jesus comes along the road to meet us right where we are as a companion along the way. David Loos put it this way in his preaching blog. He says, and Jesus meets them on the way. He doesn't come to them in Jerusalem. He doesn't wait for them at home. He doesn't bid them make some holy pilgrimage or undertake some pious feat. Rather, he meets them right where they are, on the road, amid their journey, right smack in the middle of all the pain the frustration, and despondency that threatens to overwhelm them. In the same way, I believe that the risen Christ meets us right where we are along the way. What is it then that helps us to recognize the risen Christ among us when our eyes are opened? For the disciples, it was that moment when Jesus broke bread and blessed it. That word, companion, comes from the word, come, with, and pan, bread. There is something about breaking bread, with bread, that brings us together, unites us. I especially think about this when celebrating communion, the Lord's Supper, when we break bread together at the table. 
In my work here at St. Mark's, I have the privilege to go out and to visit folks who can't make it to worship, those who are in care facilities or, or in their homes. And often we share communion together. And it is there that I notice Jesus with us and with the one that we are sharing communion with. And I see the difference it makes and how appreciated it is by those who can't be among us and in worship. My own mother, uh, before she died, I know that she really appreciated when her pastor would come and bring her communion. And just weeks before she died, my sisters and I were keeping vigil at her bed. And I was there alone with her, waiting and just kind of watching her breathing. And there was a moment when she began speaking, and she was saying this, Jesus, 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 forgive me my sins. Thank you for being my Savior. Take me home. I am ready to go home. I am ready to be with you. And later, she, she, and she had her eyes open when she was saying this. It was like she was seeing Jesus. And later she kind of woke up into a, a, a consciousness. And I said, Mom, did you see Jesus? And she looked at me like, no, that's crazy. <laughs> no, it's not my time yet. And I said, but Mom, you were, you were talking to Jesus. And then she said, oh, yes, in my dreams. And she said back to me the very things that I had heard her say. And I believe she saw Jesus. And my eyes were opened to the risen Christ walking alongside with us and walking alongside with her in her journey along the way. Well, sometimes I think we need companions to help us to see the risen Christ and help us to see those who, who especially need to hear that good news that Christ is with us in all of life's journeys. We have had this as our theme, Companions on the Way, this, this year um, for our church's um, theme going into this year. And we've heard about our many companions, the Southwest Washington Synod, Rock City Mission Congregation, and how Christ is present among them and even in prison with Livingstone's prison ministry. And today I, I want to share just a story with you from a companion ministry that I work with and represent, Lutheran Community Services Northwest. And I can't think of a better description for what we do than be a companion with congregations and individuals to reach out to those most in need in our communities and to walk alongside them. We walk alongside refugees who have made the long journey to come to our country to resettle. And we are so thankful to St. Mark's for being a companion to a refugee family from Ukraine. But we also do work with seniors 
companioning them along their way with meals on wheels, home care, and senior companions, providing healthy meals, care where needed, so seniors can remain in their homes, and companions for those who often feel alone and isolated. We are companions along the way to those who are struggling with memory issues. And I'm excited to tell you about one program that is kind of a a newer program called Santa for Seniors. And the goal is to recognize and bring joy to isolated seniors who have limited income. There was a man named Bill Looney who had his eyes opened when he began seeing the need for remembering often forgotten seniors when he went to visit his own mother in a care facility. And he found there many who received little or no visits at all, especially at Christmas. So he decided to get into a Santa suit and bring a few wrapped gifts and useful items to give out at Christmas to seniors who needed to have a little cheer at Christmas time. Through this experience, his eyes were opened, and later he began Santa for Seniors, which is now partnered with Lutheran Community Services. And beginning in 2015, we served 100 seniors. Last year, that more than doubled to 1,700. And this year, we hope to double it to 2,500 seniors to bring joy and companionship to those who need it most. Susan Nicella, the director of Santa for Seniors, said, when she has given out these gifts, I've had people who haven't been able to talk because tears are running down their face. It's just amazing how people light up. When they light up, when they have a companion, when they know there is someone to care. I am touched by these examples of companions along the way. We have the hope through the resurrection that Jesus, the risen Christ, is present with us. And that's the good news, that we are accompanied by him in all of life's journey through the green pastures and even in the valley of the shadow of death, through to the resurrection where we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May our eyes be open to the risen Christ living and present among us. And may we run back to tell those who need to hear it most that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.